today on the news and why it matters, the latest in the 2020 race, who's dropped out, uh, who is rising, and who has qualified for and the who, debates with the Who cares? <laughs> also that. Got a lot coming up. It starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by Glenn Beck himself, the one and only, mm. Stubergear, mm. and Rob Eno, Blaze Media Critic, Rob Eno. What? Out of several Stubergears, why am I not the one and only? Well, I mean, I, I don't know. No. I haven't checked. In so France, I don't probably. Yeah, probably a lot of them in France. Yeah, they probably all hate <laughs> America. <We'll go. laughs> Got a lot to get into. First, we want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. So I guess I should just turn to you and say thank you to you, Glenn. Yes. Um, real Estate Agents uh, is not a, um, a necessarily just a sponsor on the show. It's my company. Um, and it was born out of frustration of me just happening to work with the 500 best real estate agents in the in the country, according to the Wall Street Journal. And I was meeting with them and doing some work with them, and I'm like, okay, so how do I know? How does the average person know? Well, I learned. They taught me a lot. And I was like, oh, well, can I just, like, recommend you, or can I use that to find people that I could recommend? Absolutely. So we just put this together, and all it is is we're just... You know, sending you to the person who is the best at selling or helping you buy a home um, for the least amount of money when you're buying and the most amount of money when you're selling. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. Hey, did I tell you that I actually used it? Really? Yeah, I did. I and, yeah, and so we did. We filled out the form, and they called us. He called us at 8 o'clock at night. It was in 10 minutes. 8 o'clock at night. We I was try. like, It's one of the oh things gosh. we want to make sure that... Everybody knows we're serious, and yeah. we try to call you back in like 10 yeah. minutes. So it's been a wonderful experience good, for good us. Uh, all right, so Kamala Harris, mm, mm. another one bites the dust. Mm. She has announced today she is suspending her presidential campaign. Uh, she wrote an article on Medium that she tweeted out. She said, I'm not a billionaire. I can't fund my own campaign. And as the campaign has gone on, it's become harder and harder to raise the money we need to compete. And I want to be clear, although I am no longer running for president, I will do everything in my power to defeat Donald Trump and mm. fight for the future of our country and the best of who we are. Now, this, of course, uh, took place, what, a couple days after we heard that one of her top aides jumped ship and went to uh, Bloomberg? Bloomberg, yeah. yeah. Which is, was not a good look. That's why, not a good look That's why she said, I'm not a billionaire. She's taking right. a dig right at him. Yeah. yeah. He's taking her people because he's got tons of money. And, and as much as these people in Washington say they care about the issues, they care about money. A lot of money flows through these campaigns. Mm -hmm. You know, just the Bloomberg campaign by itself is probably rescuing how many TV stations, how many radio stations, how many newspapers across the country. Dumping money. He's already spent more than anyone else on, in several different uh, ad categories. In what, three weeks? Yeah, two. Two weeks? Yeah. yeah, I was back in Massachusetts for the Thanksgiving weekend, and we get the New Hampshire and Massachusetts TV stations that do the New Hampshire primary stuff. All I saw was Bloomberg. Every second, mm. it was just Bloomberg, 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 Bloomberg. So I, had she qualified for the next debate, Stu? Do you know? I believe she had, yes. She um, had, Which wow. is interesting because now um, when you look at the qualifiers for the next debate, there are, it's only white people. This is the Democratic Party with all this diversity, and now there are no people of color on the next stage of the next debate, at least at this point. Um, Women? Uh, yeah, Warren. Warren. Yep, she'll be up there. Is, what about Tulsi? Uh, Tulsi has not qualified yet. She would be. She would uh, break both of those barriers. And I, I did. Well, I did read something um, from one of her campaign people who said that they were not counting one particular poll that would have gotten her 
Yeah, qualified. I mean, Gabbard's got a good argument here, I think. I mean, they, they really are doing whatever they can to keep her out of the debates. Um, you know, they she had 6% in one, in one uh, poll, which is, you know, again, 6% doesn't seem all that impressive, but, you know, there's a lot of people at zero and one. Well, when there's a million candidates, yeah. 6% yeah. is and, a lot. And Tulsi, I mean, the, the, the Democrats just don't get it. They don't get it. Um, I, I think if, if they run one of these socialists... It's it's going to be a, a Mondale Reagan moment. They just they're not connecting with people. You know, I've been watching this, and you'll see them. They'll all go up and they'll spike, and then they'll go spike, and then they'll spike, and they one by one they're dead. What it is is shoe shopping with a woman. <laughs> they are t- they're walking over. And they're like, oh, this shoe looks wonderful, and you're like, they're not going to buy that shoe. You're not going to buy that shoe. Oh, I love that shoe. And then they put the shoe on, and then they walk around with it, and they're like, it's killing me. And they take it off. They're like, oh, that's a nice shoe. <laughs> Just trying on all the shoes. There's not a shoe there that's going to make your feet feel good. Okay? That's what's happening. Yeah, I mean, you think about, what was it, September, when she had her moment in the debate, and she went after Joe Biden, and she got the uptick in the polls? September? Jeez, it seems like forever ago. I know. Uh, I think it was September, and she went from that and now all of a sudden it's the beginning of the de- December. I thought it was a little earlier than that, but was I mean, it? It's, it all matches together uh, <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, it's funny when we started out at kind of the beginning of the year and I'm talking about what candidate can kind of be a dark horse that she come, would be uh, can come out of come out of that I field and make a run. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and can make a run at it, and she did. Like she did make a run at this and and fell apart. I was looking back <laughs> at some of the uh, old analysis that we had uh, posted about this because I was doing these campaign write ups at the time, and uh, this is I think this kind of played out. I think it holds up pretty well. Uh, the difference between Warren and Harris is notable. The candidates are nearly tied in most polls, but much of the strength of Harris is based on one spectacular moment. Mm-hmm. The moment you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, Warren alternatively seems to have a lower ceiling but a stronger foundation. Um, at some point, Harris has to clean up a, a, her mess of a policy package, which includes supporting a Bernie-style Medicare for all without the Bernie-style me- middle-class tax hikes, a combination that even the left admits mm-hmm. makes no sense. Uh, quotes like this still feel way too accurate. She's the easy-to-listen-to, poorly-defined identity candidate. This needs to be sorted out eventually if she's actually going to win. I think that holds up pretty well, and you know what's, what's fascinating about it is it holds up pretty well on Warren too. She has the sa- she had the same problem: the M- Medicare for all with no middle class tax cuts, and the same thing happened to her. I mean, this has been death to the candidates who have tried to do it. It doesn't work. At least Bernie's honest about it, but he really can't expand past his base. And Warren and Sanders both went down the tubes, uh, you know, at least partially because of this. That being said, if I'm if I'm Kamala Harris, I don't care if I'm out of money. So, <laughs> Fight, just let everybody go. Sit at home. Do your normal job. Go on TV as much as you can and hope Biden drops out of the race and maybe you can make another run. I don't understand why you go all the way to December and bail on this And thing. qualify for the next Qual- debate yeah. and then bail. It does seem really weird. Maybe she's just tired. I, I, I have a different take on what people are looking for. And... and um, over the weekend, I saw a documentary from HBO, and it was called Very Ralph. And it comes from a phrase of, oh, that's very, very Ralph Lauren. And when you look at Ralph, I mean, this is Ralph Lauren. When you look at Ralph Lauren, you just know it's Ralph Lauren, and it's America. Mm-hmm. And they talked about his advertising campaigns. And as I'm watching this documentary, I thought, he's the only entity, person, anything that has captured the spirit of America, and it's proud. Think of any other brand that says, this is who we are, that 
Reagan mourning in America kind of thing. That's Ralph Lauren. Mm -hmm. That is a very popular brand in America. And it still has the flag. And it's not just people in the, you know, podunk villages out in the middle of nowhere that is wearing it. This, the Democrats have divorced themselves from all of that imagery, all of that pride, all, all of it is gone. And you're left with corruption or a new system that you don't like. Donald Trump will win again because he's the only one articulating make America great again. It's why Tulsi could have made an impact with a lot of the swing voters because you, you may not like her, her policies at all, which I don't, but she didn't hate America. Yeah. That's really important. Yeah. In uh, other 2020 news, Rob, I want to get your take on this. Bloomberg, Mike Bloomberg, he, what he announced a week ago, maybe? Yeah. I don't even think it's I'm been a week. Yeah, I don't think it's been a week. A new Hill-Harris poll released just this week found that he is coming in the race ahead of all but four of the other candidates. So he has 6% of the Democratic vote already. He's a new shoe. He is. That's it. So that's all you have to do is just enter. Mm -hmm. Imagine that 6% gets you ahead of all the other candidates except yeah. for four. That's crazy. That, you know, that's a... Well, that's the margin of error mm -hmm. in a lot of polls. Yeah, well, know. and it's got to be yeah. the new shoe because, yeah. as we've talked about on the show, he says crazy, He's, crazy things. Well, absolutely so, insane. So did Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah that's true. Right. I but, mean, I mean, praising China? That, that was the one that, that got me, right, was the, the yeah. praise of China. They're not a dictatorship. But he's had a history of, at Bloomberg, spiking stories that would have been critical of China because he has business interests in China. Mm -hmm. I don't think Michael Bloomberg, and I've had friends that have said this, and, and I've looked at some stuff, I don't think Michael Bloomberg is really running for president. I think Michael Bloomberg is running a super PAC through a presidential campaign so that he can get on TV personally and attack Donald Trump. All of his ads, like I watched all of his ads focus on Trump. They have Trump in weird poses, they have Trump in all of those things. You know, when I was home this weekend, like I said, in New England, that's all I saw is but it's not who he can be, it's just attacking Donald Trump, and he's trying to take down Donald Trump for the rest of the field. But he's in an interesting place because Donald Trump's, um, his M.O. is that he's a billionaire and he can write his own checks and he doesn't care. Same thing here. Um, Donald Trump says crazy things. So does Michael Bloomberg. Um, uh, and it, it's strange because you have two billionaires from New York with a lot of the same policies, at least in New York, mm -hmm. um, that are running against each other. And where is the Democrat in all of that? Where? Well, you I, know, mean, where I mean, look, we have Bloomberg on guns, Bloomberg on the climate. I mean, we're talking an extremist on, on, on things like this. Um, he's, it's a weird vibe, though. It doesn't seem he's to fit. old, uh, white, yeah, billionaire. old white guy, old white billionaire, ninth richest guy on the planet. Um, you know, I, it's a weird fit for the Democrats. I think, though, you know, I'm pretty dismissive of it, I think, generally speaking. I mean, obviously, he could just start a super PAC and run ads, but he would not get the, the rates because they can charge the super PAC a lot higher rates. So you get a better if, if that's true. It's a, it's a smart approach mm -hmm. by Bloomberg, though. I, I, I tend to think that he has a big enough ego that he actually does want to win this thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we talked about this, I think, a little bit uh, maybe a couple weeks ago. There is a, a weird thing that goes on here with him skipping the first four states, which everyone says, well, why, you know, you can't do that. You can't skip the first four states. Well, he's running essentially an unopposed campaign on Super Tuesday where they are going to see almost, 
exclusively ads from Michael Bloomberg for the next month and a half until these other first states go by. So he's going to be able to you know, run up some numbers, I think, in those states. Um, and, you know, it's an interesting idea if he can get and hang around at, you know, 8, 10 percent in some of these states, he can outlast everybody. You know, if if uh, let's say a Warren or a Bernie rises to the top of that ticket, he can outlast everybody else. If Biden falls off, he could be the guy that's the alternative to the socialist. And that is a position that can win in the Democratic Party. I mean, they'd head towards a brokered convention. If it was if it was Donald Trump, uh, Ted Cruz before Ted lost whatever state that was that last day, if he can make it all the way. Um, it could be a brokered convention, and they'll go with Bloomberg. They'll go with Bloomberg over Sanders. Yeah, I don't know will. about Warren, but they do it I over think Sanders. They will. Yeah. Well, speaking of a billionaire Democratic presidential candidates in the race, Tom Steyer <laughs> spent more than $40 million of his own money to get the 200,000 donors that he needed to qualify for the next so debate. Good. So now he will also be joining them on the debate stage again because he got 5%. So he qualifies. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting. I mean, Steyer has to be a little pissed off here. I mean, like this right. was his shtick. Yeah, he's going to come in and spend all this money. He spent, I'm, I'm the self-loathing billionaire. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think he spent seventy million dollars of his own money so far, which was way more than the rest of the field had spent on ads. And Bloomberg has come in and done that in two weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Bloomberg is Bloomberg like Bloomberg is a known quantity, and and that's what hurts him. Yeah. I mean, I lived under Mayor Bloomberg. It's a nightmare. It's a progressive nightmare. Uh, Before we go to break, we just wanted to give Kamala a proper send-off. Watch. presidential song for anyone. One Nation Under a Groove by Funkadelic. One nation under a groove, getting down just for the funk of it. Can I get it on the... Democratic uh, Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin told a group of reporters yesterday that politicians always engage in quid pro quo. You guys, come on. It's fine. She said, uh, we always do this kind of quid, quid pro quo. To be honest, we do it, but we do it for the national security interests of the United States, not for personal or political gain. Mm. Glenn, does that just make your head want to just explode? Hearing that? No, she's just saying the truth. Right. She's saying the truth. Now, uh, when you want to talk about the Clintons and personal gain, I think we could <laughs> we Bidens. could or the yeah. Bidens, we can um, we can uh, argue about that. But it's fascinating that they're finally at where the rest of America is. Uh, what's the problem with this again? What's the problem? As long as you understand that 
you have missing money, $8 billion. There was something wrong going on, and there was fudging uh, at the best uh, during the campaign. It's absolutely in the national interest. Yeah, the Trump campaign should hire her as a spokesperson to explain the <laughs> I'm issue. I'm sure she takes that, uh, I don't she think takes she, that job. I bet if they paid her enough, she, she would. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's, it's a situation where this is exactly what Trump should have been saying the entire time. Instead of trying to fight off that there was a quid pro quo, explain. It. Yes, there was a quid pro quo. It was because it was necessary and the right thing to do. How does he do that now, though? Yeah. No, he's, he's come out so many times and said I there's mean, no quid pro quo. He's abandoned so many positions. I mean, Trump, like, you know, look, one thing you can admire about Trump is saying, like, well, look, he just doesn't care. Like, if, if, if what he said, I mean, look at Kim Jong-un, right? It's like, okay, well, we're going to bomb you into kingdom come. Wait, now we're best friends. Like, he just doesn't care about that stuff. So I think he could just change it. And I think he should change earlier, the, the earlier the better. And quid pro quo is the basis of foreign policy, right? It always mm-hmm. has been. I mean, that, that is, there is a quid, there's a pro, there's a quo. Mm-hmm. If you do this, then we will give you this. France, if you don't put enough money in NATO, that's today what he's, mm-hmm. you know, Trump's doing in NATO. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not going to help you do these other things. That's what foreign policy is. is it's you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It, of course there's a quid pro quo. Glenn, do you think that, I mean, you said the rest of America, she is, she just got to where the rest of America is. Do you think that America is they're done with impeachment? Yeah, I think if you look at the, just look at the ratings, look at what people are talking about. Um, You know, when you were at Thanksgiving, how many of us had the conversation about the impeachment? This is a pretty big deal. Um, It never came up in my household. Never came up either. You know, it's like, everybody's just like done with it. They they see it as merely political posturing. Uh, And that's not good. I asked Mike Lee just a few minutes ago, what, what is the gain? Can you see a gain from the Democrats? He couldn't see one. He couldn't see one. And if what he told me on the air is true, that even if there isn't a trial, he said that there are a couple of other uh, uh, Senate chair members that are going to call for investigations and call Charmella uh, and, and, and all of the rest of them, uh, and say, what, what was really going on here? What, what's really happening here? That should chill to the bone, the, the Democrats, because that people will pay attention to. If they are truly looking for answers, that people will pay attention to, and that will backfire on the Democrats like crazy. Well, and Joe Biden specifically, I feel. They're just kind of, they've made the choice to throw Joe Biden to the wolves at the end of the day just to try to get Donald Trump because at the end of this, if, you know, what you're laying out in all of your Ukraine specials, we've got verifiable fact of, you know, Joe Biden can't come out of this looking clean. No, if they, if they call Hunter Biden... Uh, to testify, uh, it's it'll be a bloodbath for the Democrats. And, you know, I think we, we could very well be headed towards a brokered convention. And that's where it could get scary, because that's when a Michelle Obama or an Oprah or a Tom Hanks could walk in. Mm, Stu, what are your thoughts? You know, I, I, I think the... The idea of Hunter Biden having to go through a real testimony and, and, and pressure is actually the biggest worry for Joe Biden. There's a lot of things I'd say about Biden. I actually think he's a, a good dad, and I think he loves his kids, and I think he's gone through a lot in his family. And I, I think the thing that he struggles with even to get into this campaign was to say, 
crap, like my kids are going to be. I mean, he yeah. knew the stuff. He yeah. knew the stuff you're talking about. He knew he uncovered this before. We, you know, you did or anybody else did. He was there. Um, so he knew these questions were going to come. You know, who knows? I'm sure he had a conversation with his family like he did in 2016. Should I do this? They decided to pull the trigger on it. And now he's kind of paying the consequences. And when I say a good dad, I mean, I think he did things that he shouldn't have done. Kind of like, uh, what's her face, Lori Laughlin? Uh, isn't that the, 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 <laughs> yeah, the, the, the paying yeah. off the college thing? Yeah. Like, it's that kind of yeah, good he, dad. He I think she's a good mom. She loves her her daughter. Yeah. You probably shouldn't She'll be smother paying. a neighbor for the daughter. Exactly. But, yeah. That's a, that's yeah. a that's good that's instinct. That's real love, Glenn. Right, that's real love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you see Hunter Biden, speaking of, of him, he, he had a court case. I saw this at TheBlaze.com. Yeah, paternity. It was a case for the paternity thing for child support. He didn't show up, and he discharged his attorney's like right before the hearing. Did he discharge them or did they leave? See, I had heard that they left. This is the stripper that he got pregnant. Yes. Um, that he while did, he was with the while new he woman. was with the while he was with his, his brother's widow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this guy is just, 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 like, he feels bad for Yeah, him. he's got yeah. like some I mean, really oh, yeah, he has deep up. issues. He has de- demons. But it, it's absolutely crazy, right? I mean, he gets rid of the lawyers. Now they want 3 years of his tax returns. What happens if those come out in open court? And then all the Ukraine mm-hmm. stuff shows up because that or should doesn't. be. Or, or doesn't. doesn't. The more important thing is it doesn't. Yeah. You know, these are all the things that, mm-hmm. you know, that that's a really still awake big, at night. Yeah. yeah. And say this for Hunter Biden. Uh, you know, he was recently accused of doing crack at a strip club, but they said he was a good tipper. Right. And, and other things <laughs> which cares about the does little, not. Yeah, the and person. other things which cannot be <laughs> said on the news and why it matters. Yeah. He, well, how, how long ago was that? This was just recently? Because he put in his court case for this paternity uh, case that he had not made. He had no income since May. Poor guy. He's starving oh, wow. on the streets. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was a little while ago. So he may have still been raking in that taxpayer burisma money, which, by the way, also happened was very lately reported. What was that? One hundred and thirty million dollars mm-hmm. that was routed from our taxpayer dollars to uh, his company. Uh, I mean, it's an no ugly situation. Now. No corruption. Yeah. No corruption. None of Conspiracy theories. And then the, the Polish, the Polish president was like, who was all, his former Polish president on the board of Burisma was like, of course we hired Joe Hunter Biden because he's Joe Biden's kid. Of course, yeah. everybody knows that. <laughs> right. uh, we can all pretend, but I mean, it's hard to pretend a paternity test away. Uh, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you expect that from the Polish president to be involved in a conspiracy theory like that? <laughs> oh yeah, because yeah. all those yeah. Polish presidents, presidents are always for, involved in, in the conspiracy, conspiracy theory. No, no credibility there. No, right. none whatsoever. All right, back in a minute. You know, other than he was a president. Well, yeah, he was a <laughs> country, and he was involved with the company that we were talking yeah. about. Did you guys talk about the Narwhal yesterday? Hey, uh, some people do Cyber Monday, but we here at Blaze Media, we do Cyber Week. So everything at Blaze Media Shop is on sale 15% off this week. You can go there, get whatever you would like that we have. We've got so much merchandise. Glenn is wearing his Hydra hat. (laughs) That's very cool. Then we have jackets with the Hydra logo on it. Everyone will know that knows you're in the club. Mm. It is. And it's then a very everybody else will be like, why do you have an octopus on your head? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's a good conversation right. starter to let them know. And you're wearing the Glenn Beck Colonel Sanders. <laughs> I am. I'm wearing the Colonel I right here. Want, I'm, t- I'm serious. I want to do a uh, Chick-fil-A commercial. 
dressed as Colonel Ch Sanders, because I am pissed that they have asked all these other people that have to dress like Colonel Sanders and do all the makeup. I look like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> You've done all the hard work. Over I've done all the hard work. I've decades. eaten the fried chicken. <laughs> Go to shop.blazemedia.com. Get you 15% off load up for Christmas. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. So, over the weekend, I posted a picture of uh, myself going shooting. I was out in the country with my parents and, like, I really need to train whenever I can, you know. And um, I said, I shared it on social media, mm -hmm. and I said, if the left wins in 2020, they will not, like, they will try to take this, my little 380, mm -hmm. they will try to take this from us. They don't want us to have these weapons. Mm -hmm. And I got so many people who said, you're lying, you're full of it. Democrats do not want to take the guns. They don't want to do that. I even pointed them in the directions of, into the direction of the assault weapons ban of 2019 that was uh, introduced in January. And I said, I mean, yeah, they do. And they said, well, that didn't, they knew that wasn't going to get anywhere. And I'm like, right. so you give them a pass because they're inefficient? That doesn't count. So they don't I want keep... to, but they really want to, but they'll never get it done. Yeah, I'm like, that. they don't get a pass for that. Right, so That's the one that actually said all semi-automatic yes. weapons. Yes. Right? So that would include a 380. Yes, a 380. Yeah. Um, so, but I keep getting this, oh, no, they don't really want to take your guns. That's a conspiracy theory, right-wing nut job, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yes, they do. All right, so Virginia is basically proving this. You know, they just had the election and both uh, chambers. Am I using the correct word? Both chambers, chambers. Of, the house, of, the, of the legislature. Yeah, both yeah. chambers uh, flipped. They are now all fully Democratic uh, controlled because, of course, they've got good old racist Ralph Northam, Ralph Northam in there as governor. Um, so Virginia Democrats are, they are really cracking down. I know Ralph Northam, as soon as they got control, he said, we are going to pass gun control legislation. This is what we're going to tackle. Um, so their legislation that they just announced, um, let's see, it will, this is what Ralph Northam says, it will at least start, that's a quote, their attempts to restrict their rights by, quote, banning the sale of semi-automatic firearms and high-capacity magazines, restoring the law that limits purchases to one gun a month and a red flag law that would empower a court to temporarily remove a gun from a person deemed to be a risk to himself or others. Um, and when he was asked about confiscating the firearms, because, you know, if, they, if it doesn't include confiscation, it has something in there that includes a grandfather of, you know, four current gun owners. A bill like that would have a grandfather clause. This bill does not have that. So <laughs> when he was asked, well, what, you know, what are you going to do about that? He said, that's something I'm working on with our secretary of public safety. Um, so no grandfathering provision to eliminate confiscation, banning of semi-automatic firearms. All, I mean, including handguns. I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible. I think, uh, you know, look, we know they actually do want to take your guns they there are a there's a certain percentage of democrats who understand that's not really palatable to a lot of people mm -hmm. so they will not do it they'll say common sense you know, you know i mean like barack obama would have Bernie absolutely sanders. loved 
to take all the guns. Um, but instead, he was like, well, no, uh, common sense stuff. This is just going to restrict this, 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 and this. Because they know politically it's, 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 it's not really feasible. I'm kind of amazed, though, at more maybe at the incompetence of Republicans who are able to, to turn a scandal with multiple Democrats wearing blackface into a giant loss. <laughs> Only Republicans could figure out how to lose in a state where every elected official, seemingly every Saturday night, was out in blackface. But they still <laughs> managed to blow it. Big Al Dosen fans. Yeah, 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 yeah apparently. Uh, but I just, it, there's so much misinformation. I get into these back and forths with people and they're like, well, yeah, they just want to ban the bad guns, right? The assault, the assault oh. firearms, the assault, what did they call them here? The, yeah, the assault firearms. <laughs> it's like, no, you don't even understand what a semi-automatic weapon is, and you're talking about it like it's this big bad gun. That's like what the majority of people have. Yeah. I mean, look, I grew up in Connecticut. Um, we were not, uh, not anywhere near a gun culture. We were not a gun family. I knew nothing about guns. I mean, I eventually learned about the Second Amendment, and it's very important to me. But I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't consider myself a gun guy, even though I do own a couple of guns. It's one of those things where a good chunk of the country does not own a gun and does not know maybe anyone who owns a gun. They don't mm-hmm. see them. They just think of them. In, they see them in movies shooting people. And so that's what they believe they are. And they think, well, maybe there's something, I don't know if you're hunting or whatever, you know, whatever you're doing there. But semi-automatic sounds really scary. Well, that's just every gut, basically. It's like, right. it's like a, a couple steps down from being automatic. Yeah, it's semi. It is. Semi, it is. Right? It so is that's a couple of You steps take a little really pin scary. out and then it can be a full machine gun. That's yeah, really right. scary. There you go. <laughs> um, uh, you know, look, it, it's a... It, it's a big culture problem because people just don't understand. And I, I think there's a certain percentage of people like you know, Barack Obama or a Michael Bloomberg mm-hmm. um, who are progressives who are actively trying to take guns away from people. But I think there's a good chunk of America that just is so unfamiliar with guns. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's, like a, it's like you're doing chemistry. It's like this weird foreign thing that looks scary and I don't understand how it works. Uh, it's just not part of their culture. It's not how they were raised. I mean, you, you live in these cities, you know, I mean, you know, it's not even a thought. Mm-hmm. You know, you live in the Northeast. It's, it's you know, I mean, uh, unless you're in Vermont or New Hampshire. But most of the, you know, most of the Northeast, at least where I was from, there's not a lot of people who own guns. It wasn't, it wasn't something that was part of your day. You didn't think about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think let's look at the demographics of Virginia, right? They go blue because of North, Northern Virginia near D.C. I can't wait until these roving bands of law enforcement people go into Appalachia in southwestern Virginia in, in those places and try and take these people's guns. I mean, the, oh. these folks are like right on the border of the Hatfields and McCoys. Like, like they're in that section of Appalachia. Mm-hmm. They're not going to let the government take their guns. And I think we're going to set up things like Ruby Ridge and we're going to set up incidents like what happened at Waco. These are going to become everyday life if the Democrats get their way and want to take the guns. And that's what, quite frankly, I'm afraid of. You know, there were people this weekend on social media, the revolution's going to start in Virginia because there's people that are very upset that they're coming for their guns. And, and they're playing with a tinderbox yeah. and they don't even understand it. Yeah, I think, too, guns are one issue that I, we oftentimes put on left-right sort of axis. And, uh, and you know, it certainly, certainly breaks down that way a, a lot. However, it's really more a progressive issue. Yeah. Um, gun control, I mean, Glenn wrote the book Control. And it's, it's really about control. It's not as much, I mean, Richard Nixon tried to ban all handguns. All handguns. Richard Nixon. 
Um, you know, this is not a situation where it's been only people on the left who have gone after that. It's been everybody of every stripe who's wanted power from all over the world. People who were dictators, kings, they wanted to disarm the people so they could have control. Then you can implement whatever policy you want. Um, you can ignore the Constitution. You can, you can enrich your family. You can do all the things that a good dictator would want to do. So it's, it's an approach of anyone who wants more control over the populace than they deserve, certainly in this country that has a Second Amendment. Yeah. Last word. I was going to say to that, to that point, I know a Cambodian person that ran for uh, Congress up in Massachusetts, and he gave the story of how Pol Pot's people came in, took their rifles. The next day, Pol Pot's people came in and shot them all. I mean, th- these are real stories that real people in this country went through. And when you tell liberals this, they're like, no, 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 that didn't happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. it didn't happen, or it couldn't happen here. Couldn't happen couldn't here. Happen here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would like to point out when uh, Northam was speaking, he mentioned semi-automatic rifles. Um, they didn't specifically say handguns in the interview. Okay. It, it's a little bit murky in the bill, but if it's semi-automatic rifles, semi-automatic handguns next, right? Like. It's always the next what's, step. Right. right. Like yeah. what's what I mean, what would be what would be the hurdle to cross over once you've already gotten the semi-automatic anything banned? I mean, that would be the obvious next step for them. Yeah. And, and look, you know, look, we've talked about this a million times. I mean, handguns are really where all the murders are coming from anyway. Mm-hmm. So they have a much better argument in theory <laughs> to go after handguns, but they don't do it because it, you, this just shows like they, that's not, they're not about solving the murders. They want the control. The palatable thing they can get done is the scary gun. Yep. You know, and so they go after those, even though they don't won't make a difference. Yeah, uh, there was a new report released over the weekend that alleges that YouTube and Google have removed hundreds of political ads from President Donald Trump's reelection campaign for quote violating company policy. However, they won't explain or give any details on what policies were violated. <laughs> but so, other than that, yes, yeah, I mean, good on details. Good, yeah, CBS good, good, News. It was CBS, CBS it was News, 60, 60 minutes, minutes that did this. Mm-hmm. And they in in the report in in what they wrote, they were like, well, was it for bad punctuation? Was yeah, they it said, like, they, was, was a copyright violation, a lie or extreme inaccuracy, faulty grammar, bad punctuation? It's unclear. It's because he's a Republican. I mean, it's <laughs> Whoa, that, I mean, I mean it's, it's 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 that clear. I yeah. mean, it's it's that's what happens when you, again, control. They, they want to control the narrative. They want to be able to control what people see. And when it's somebody like Google that can do this, mm-hmm. that this is the main way that people get their information. Yes, they're a private company. They can do it, but they should be upfront about what they're doing. Well, the interesting uh, part to me is that YouTube CEO uh, said about these, these claims, she said, well, I mean, look, we received the same criticism from the left. Right. Like we received this from everyone and our goal is to enforce everything equally. And it's like, well, yeah, but the left whines about everything. Yeah, literally everything to them is unfair. But if you ask them to actually back up what they're saying, I don't think they could do that. Meanwhile, conservatives have an ever growing list of actual documentation that it's happening to them. Yeah. I mean, to to give a very light defense of Google on this, I mean, I, I think you're right. They can do whatever they want and they should just be upfront with it. Um, but they have a lot of tools uh, at their um, uh, beck and call, really, to change elections. We've mm-hmm. talked about the research with uh, Dr. Robert Epstein um, from MIT. Um, it, it's one of those things that those things are much more dangerous than banning a couple of ads. 
You know, and I, you know, we don't know if they're doing those things. We hope they're not doing those things. Um, you know, this is a if, if they're taking you think that if they really are trying to turn the election here, they would be utilizing those things that would be unseen rather than just banning ads. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'd like to see what their case is. I will say this, and this should go through not just the Trump campaign, but certainly anyone of any prominence, um, anyone with any audience, they should be way better at communicating why they're doing these things. Mm-hmm. Tell people, you're saying, well, you violated our terms of service. How? How can I fix it if I don't know what I've done? I have so many videos on my YouTube page that it's just like demonetize, 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 and it never says why. Never says why. I guarantee you that when you signed up for your YouTube account that you read the five million pages of the terms of service, right? You didn't just click the button. Of course You not. actually Obviously read it and, and spent Obviously the three hours to read it. Yeah. Well, but I mean, even yeah. then, there's a lot of subjective. Oh, I know. Right. You know, the, I mean, the rules are very, very subjective. And like, so. at least tell me which one I wrote. Right, right? exactly. Like, hey, did I say something that was offensive? Did I right. say something that was annoying to your political standpoint? What did I do? Because... Without that knowledge, you know, it, you know, number one, you can't fix it. Mm-hmm. But number two, like they, they are able to skate without criticism. Mm-hmm. They're, they're able to skate without uh, hard criticism. You know, you can't say, hey, well, this is not a, a controversial statement. You guys are wrong on this and you should be exposed for it. They just get to like live in this sort of like uh, transpa- uh, the opposite of transparent, kind of sitting behind uh, this brick wall that no one can see through and, and they can do whatever they want. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unfair, and, and more than anything of, of this big legal issue or whether Republicans should do something about it in Congress, it's just a bad user experience, man. You, you guys asked us to come there and post your, our freaking videos. Yeah. You guys asked us to generate content so that people could see it, so you can make money on ads. Mm-hmm. Why not be upfront with us and let us know? Because, I mean, maybe we don't want to be part of your community, but be frank with us. Let Make this into a good experience for the people who want to use the service. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we go, if you have any... <laughs> Young children in the room may not be the most appropriate topic for them to Uh-oh. hear. Uh, Jessica Yaniv, you guys, you guys oh, know, know Jessica, love Jessica. Jessica Yaniv, the uh, the the Canadian who sued because a, a bikini waxing place would not wax her his plumbing. Right, because plumbing. see, as it turns out, Jessica Yaniv is a transgender woman who still has the boy parts. Uh, so she, you know, became this transgender activist legend uh, because she was taking a stand and t- standing up to those bullies at that bikini waxing center that wouldn't <laughs> wax her balls. Uh, <laughs> she's back in the news because she's very upset. She said... Um, on Twitter. So a gynecologist office that I got referred to literally told me today that, quote, we don't serve transgender patients, end quote. And me being me, I'm shocked and confused and hurt. Are they allowed to do that legally? Isn't that against college practices? Gynecologists form a part of the multidisciplinary team who engage with transgender and non-binary patients, either as part of the transition stage performing surgery or managing pre or post transition gynecological problems. Uh, Honestly, uh, my concern is that in the age of Me Too and consent, 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 why is this dude trying to force everyone to touch his junk? Uh, That is a question I'm going to leave to him. Uh, (laughs) Come on, Stu. Come on, Stu. No, I mean, that's a great question. In in Canada, with their healthcare system, 
Who's the doctor? She said, I got referred to. So she had to have a doctor actually refer her right. to the gynecologist. Right. I mean, the whole system's crazy. But I mean, like, I, I honestly don't know the answer as to why they could say no. Right. I, I, I mean, mean, in America, I think you should be uh, in Canada I, under a national health care system. I don't know how they can say no to yeah, her. They, they might him. not be able to say no. I mean, the thing about Canada is it's it's single party payer. But technically, the doctors are still private practice mm-hmm. getting paid by the single right. party payer. UK, yeah. But but then again, how I mean, if, if you don't would we live in if yeah. this was like a, an actual case that she was successful in making. You're oh, going to be shocked to know that we live in that world. <laughs> uh, she may not win this one, but th- there's going to be 100 cases like it, and eventually they will win. And, I mean, this is what happens with this stuff. And, you know, it, it is a, it's a situation that puts people who probably have the best intent, many of them probably are liberal and probably are progressive and probably are totally fine with transgenders, gen, transgender rights, and we all want people to be treated equally and mm-hmm. fairly. But the idea that you can walk into someone and, and, and force them to touch your genitals, no matter what gender you are, is not sane. That is not a sane thing to ask for. Yeah. Right, I mean, does the guy, the guy in college should have taken and gone, you know, I don't know anything about this. Right, that's what I'm like. It's you not know, even you their might expertise. need a urologist. I, think. I don't know what's expertise. going on. Why would you I don't know want how this that? is working. Right. Here's, here's a referral to a urologist <laughs> as part of your pre or post oh. team. Mm-hmm. I, I think that at this point in time, for the best interest of you, Go see the urologist. I think there's a I good mean, chance the referring doctor was screwing with that doctor. Like, they're friends from college. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, you got to go see Dr. Jones, I my don't former do, roommate. Sorry, don't do prostates. Him. Don't do prostates, just not what we do. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yesterday's poll question. What's creepier, Joe Biden biting his wife's finger on stage or Joe Biden saying, I love kids jumping on my lap while talking about his leg hair? <laughs> 96% of you said, yeah, the leg hair one. Yes, that one that's was true. The wife hair thing, I think they, that tried, they tried the to make that finger. into a scare. Sorry, the wife finger thing. Well, you they, never know because the wife hair also happened. That also happened. So. But the wife's finger thing, I think they tried to make it into a scandal. It wasn't yeah. really a scandal. It, it was, was a, like probably it was like a two-second thing that got caught in the yeah, camera. It, it, was a, it was okay. A, it was yeah. weird. It was. It wasn't. Weir- it was. It wasn't like more than anything else. Like, yeah, he's trying to be funny. She didn't care. She just kind right. of probably thought it was silly. It was a little odd. Yeah. Um. And that was the extent of it. The leg hair thing is. I. I mean, you just send him <laughs> to prison if if that happened in in. <laughs> In, in view, if your child was in the pool with a guy who's Mm-mm. just had a circle of kids Mm-mm. coming up and touching the guy's leg, that's just a trip to jail. That's what that is. Uh, today's poll, who is the most dishonest? Oh, this is sad because Kamala campaign has already deceased and Kamala is listed as one of the options. But that's okay. You can, you can use her anyway as one of the who is the most dishonest. We've got Kamala, Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, or Bernie Sanders. I would Gosh, definitely get rid of Sanders and Biden. Um, Sanders and, is the most honest one. I think, I think he's probably the most honest of all of them. He's um, like, yeah, your taxes are going up. Deal yeah, with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kamala and Warren's an interesting one. They Neither one of them can touch honesty from where they are. Wow. Um, really sexist. Uh, why? That is, they're both, both, women. They're both women. Okay, they're both sorry. women. Sorry, I didn't even understand my problem. Both of them. Y- yes. You can't trust. Uh, that's, oh, okay. okay. Um, but uh, I would say, uh, you know, I mean, you know, Kamala couldn't even land on a strategy. Uh, <laughs> she never even got to, she had her big moment. She had her moment in the sun. All she has to do from there on is exploit that moment and run a good campaign. Was not capable of doing it. So I'll give it to Kamala. Oh, wow. Rob, what do you think? I'd give it to Elizabeth Warren only because I, you know, 
from Massachusetts and saw the lies and deceit. And it's really interesting that Deval Patrick's in the race, who was the subprime banker. Uh, he was actually on the board of AmeriQuest before the entire thing went away. Mm-hmm. And, and Elizabeth Warren, who's supposed to be the I hate subprime bankers, begged him to come out on the campaign trail and campaign for mm. So, you know, there's there's a ton of stuff that I just... I'm going with Warren, too, I think. She's not only dishonest, she's just evasive when they try to get yeah, her to actually true. answer a question. They both went through that same thing with the yeah. Medicare uh, for All, where they couldn't answer whether it was being a tax increase or whether it was going to... Kamala's was the private insurance where she couldn't say if, if private insurance yeah. was going to be illegal and she kept back going back yeah, and forth. Like six times she yeah. changed her it's mind. It's just incompetence. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that. Well, I apologize to all the women out there for Stu's sexism. Mm-hmm. Uh, let us know what you think. You could go to The Blaze's Twitter, at The Blaze. Thank you, gentlemen. We'll see you guys tomorrow. I can criticize women because I identify as one today. Oh, just today? Yeah. Yes, just when, today. Like the whole day or well, just whenever I get here. in trouble about talking about women, I identify as a woman. So shielded. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.